of Scammer Stories, the pandemic has led to a lot of loneliness, as we all know too well. Many of us searched online for a companion, and not always the human kind. Puppies were a booming business over the last two years. Even some shelters were empty. That means opportunity, of course, for scammers. Julia was in a vulnerable state, just like every story we hear on the podcast, when she decided she needed to add another family member to her home. I'm in Sacramento, California, and basically I work for the state, but I'm going to school to become a therapist. And, you know, like everybody, it's been tough last couple of years. Like, I can't even believe that we're coming up on two years with the pandemic. So, yeah, just um, been vulnerable lately. (laughs) Were you going through a separation at the time? Did I read that right? That is correct. Yeah. So my husband and I, um, we separated back in October of 2021. Things just got a little too intense. It was my husband, his uh, now 19-year-old son, and our son, who's seven, all living under the same roof during the pandemic. And we all had our own challenges, right? And so, you know, I mean, I know I'm grateful for our home and 1,250 square feet that we could be able to, all of us, work and live from home and go to school from home. But I think it was just a lot. And so we decided that it would be best for my husband and his son to move out and that we work on our relationship and then kind of share custody with my son. And I've always been a very independent person. So I, you know, this is my house. I bought this house. I was like, you know what, I can do this. And just really kind of have been going through the emotions of a, of a breakup and then also the emotions of feeling what it's like to kind of get back together. And basically like we're kind of in this working it out phase where it is a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. On top of that, I'm trying to find my practicum location to do 500 hours of therapy <laughs> starting in May to become a licensed therapist. Julia thought man's best friend or woman's best friend in this story might do her some good. So I have a pandemic pup that I got during the pandemic and she's a beautiful dog, but a lot of energy. She's what you call a cowboy corgi. So part corgi, part blue healer. And basically, you know, we drove to Arkansas (laughs) to get this girl during the pandemic. And I was like, I need a playmate for June. Okay. So June is the name of her puppy. She already has in her home. You know, even though I still work from home, like, you know, when I leave and I go do my practicum hours, like there's nobody here and she is going to need a playmate. So I've been looking for corgis for her. Totally get it. I have a little chug. She's a chihuahua pug and she is spoiled. Oh my God. I mean, there are times when I come home, you know, like I won't make plans in the evenings when I was single because I didn't want to leave for yeah. And you're like asking your dates. You're like, can I bring the pug? With <laughs> Always looking on the dating apps for the ones who have dogs. You're like, will we all be compatible? <laughs> okay. So tell us where you went and how this all started. Like, did you go online? 
What did you? Yeah. So I had been looking at corgis. And so again, you know, I live in California and corgis out this way are the cheapest I've seen is about 2,500, but usually they're around 3,000 to $4,000. They're very expensive, but I figured if I went with a corgi, I could get something that is at least in the same bloodline as June, but maybe not as crazy and a little boy. Right. So I'm like, I need the boy to balance the girl and all of that. So yeah, I had a lot to, a lot of things I was looking at and I I even had actually gone to look for a foster. We were looking very closely at a foster, but I mean, again, still with the pandemic, it's so weird. Like that's why we got June because I was like, you know, with her, I was trying to find a dog during the pandemic, but everybody was taking the dogs out of the shelter. So it was really hard to find one. And now it's like, I have all these specifications around, I need to find a dog that's going to match her energy and all this stuff. So yeah, it was, I, I looked really hard for a uh, one that I was going to adopt, but that just didn't pan out. And so lo and behold, in my vulnerable state, I'm looking online and this website I've been looking at called blessedcorgis.com, the dogs had been 850, I think is what they were going for. And believe it or not, it was February and they were on discount. And <laughs> I, I laugh now, yeah. but at the time, I was very Valentine's excited. Day. Oh, a scam. yeah, get your 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 love a dog. Like who, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, so I was all excited, and even you know sent the website over to my husband, who was on board with me getting another dog. And you know, we're again we're working it out. So he had looked at it and was like, "That looks great." And so I had messaged, put my information out there, messaged them, and got an immediate response. And I had seen the website before, like weeks before when the puppies were seven weeks old and, you know, full price. I was very excited because I was like, okay, the dogs came down in price. They probably just weren't able to sell them. They're in Maryland. Um, I found that out. And, and you know, as I had mentioned before, driving to Arkansas, the dog that I got, June, was 550 So to me, the price didn't seem odd how low it was because I guess in my mind I was like maybe there's something about breeding more towards the midwest east yeah, coast everything's cost. less expensive in the middle of the country exactly. yeah exactly I didn't think it would be a scam it didn't cross my mind yeah so I found this website put in my information um got an immediate response from this guy named Earl and he was like for you the dog is going to be I think it was eight fifty, and the way he brought it down was going to be like six fifty. But the shipping costs were going to bring it back up to eight fifty, which I was fine with because with June again, like we traveled out there to get her, and so I think it would have been about three hundred for her shipping is what the breeder had told us in Arkansas. They're very good, like these the scammer people. They're really good, just like with the romance scams. These people are skilled, and there's so much more to the story. So I didn't think much about it. You know, I thought, okay, the cost for shipping seemed normal. And so it was early morning when I was texting with this guy 
And at the time I thought, this is perfect. I'll put it on my Bonvoy credit card, get the points, pay it off. Cause I had the cash at the time. I was like, you know, I had some money saved up. And so I had messaged him later about paying him because he had said he took, you know, credit, but would be able to take it through Zelle or Venmo. And I was like, perfect. That's great. So, you know, got everything squared away, signed paperwork, even like a deed, a sale deed, <laughs> like all the whole nine yards. And then when it came time for payment, I was trying to use my credit card and, and it wasn't letting me. And I messaged him. I was like, Hey, it's not taking a credit card. And he's like, Oh no, I don't take credit, but I'll do Zelle or Venmo. And at this point I'm like already in so deep and my, I got the approval and I've got my hopes up for this four-legged little cutie that's going to save everything and, you know, make my heart feel good. And I was like, well, will you take seven fifty? <laughs> and I felt so good because he was like, yeah, totally. I'll take seven fifty. dollars <laughs> I was like, great. So here I am even feeling better about everything that I was negotiating on top of all of this. Oh, man. You know, so I, I'm starting to figure out the sending of the money. And I said, okay, I'm going to need to send you some through Zelle and some through Venmo because I had money in my Venmo. I just didn't want to send it all. So um, he's like, oh, okay, don't worry. I'll send you my daughter's Venmo information. And then that way you can pay her and she'll pay me back. And I didn't really think too much about it because I know like breeders or family businesses sometimes. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, this person handles the money or whatever, you know. I sent 300 to him through Zell to Earl and I sent 450 to a Mercedes Warwick through Venmo young girl picture on there. So I'm just thinking like, okay, you know, like must be the daughter. Didn't really think about it until, you know, it was kind of getting late that night and obviously shipping probably wouldn't happen until the next day. So I said, okay, so we'll touch base tomorrow. We have all the paperwork done and we'll do the shipping and everything. And he's like, great, sounds good. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So tomorrow comes around and, you know, we get in touch, everything's getting going. And he says, okay, I'm going to be taking the puppy over to the airport here. You're going to be getting a call from the shipping company. I mean, it seemed so legit, April. It was crazy. It was like, you know, go through and check the puppy. The vet there will look at it, make sure it's good to go. And I was like, wonderful. This is all great. And I'm feeling positive and excited. I sent pictures to people, you know, like this is this dog. I'm going to get this awesome puppy. I'm so excited. I'm like, poor like cuteness. And um, yeah, and so everything's good. I got a call from Earl. He's like, just left the dog. Um, you'll be getting a call from this guy, Jordan. I was like, great. I get a call from Jordan. Jordan's like, hey, just so you know, everything looks good. The vet checked out your dog, ready to ship. I even It even had like me sign a thing that was like online to their website that showed a map of delivery from Maryland to California by 4 p.m. It looked so real. It was really incredibly real looking. This is happening. I'm getting a dog today. And then I get a call like maybe a half hour later from Jordan and he says, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe it. You know, here's the shoe drop, right? You're never going to believe it. The breeder accidentally left the dog in the wrong shipping crate and don't worry and then he says, I'm going to send you an email about this, but basically you can rent a crate. So check out the email and then call me back and let me know what you're going to do. So I check my email out and um, sure enough, it's like, 
Okay, so you can buy this air-conditioned crate for $1,250, or if you don't have that, don't worry, it's fine. Uh, we can rent it to you for $950, and then when the puppy is safely delivered, you'll get $902 back. At this point, I'm just like, no, Earl needs to go back. He needs to go and get the dog. This was not talked about. How did I miss this? You know, I'm racking my brain and I'm believing that there's a dog stranded at an airport at this point. And so uh, I call Earl and he picks up and I'm like, Earl, what is going on? You need to go get that dog. And, you know, I try to think ethically here. You know, I'm a cis white woman. Okay, so I'm not trying to think like prejudicely here at at all. But he had a foreign accent that kind of was like, all right, this doesn't sound like what I thought Earl would sound like. <laughs> Earl from Maryland, not Arkansas, but Maryland. And I'm kind of like, Earl, what's up? He's like, you need to calm yourself down, you know, and he's just like going off, like, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean I need to calm myself down? I'm like, I sent you all this money and I need you to go get that dog. Like, this is not okay. You promised me. Well, you just don't worry about it. You know, once the money is sent, then they'll reimburse you. It'll be fine. And you know, at this point, I had actually already talked to Jordan and I had talked to him. He said the same thing to me, the shipper guy. And he also had a heavy accent and he said, calm down, too. Don't ever tell me to calm down. That's one of my pet peeves. That does not work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just going to get a little bit more angry right now. I don't know what's going on at this point. I'm driving to a a doctor appointment. I'm freaking out. I text my husband. I'm like, I think I got scammed. I'm I'm starting to feel that way. You know, I just, it just seemed too red flaggy at this point. So her husband sends her a link to a website called scamwatchers.com. It basically lists any of these kinds of scams that are going on. So I went on there and it was like, sure enough, blessedcorgies.com. And I'm like, Mother effer, you know, like really, I knew at that point that the gig was up and they had my money and I really didn't think there was much I could do about it other than do what I normally do. And that is research. I just started researching to figure out what was going on because I was so confused. I want to say it was probably around three or four o'clock in the afternoon that I finally realized what was exactly going on. So all day, basically, I want to say at least four hours of that day, I thought there was a puppy at an airport just there. And I was so upset. I was so horrified. After she told the scammers she didn't have the extra money, of course, they came up with a solution. They were both trying to get me to go to like a cash advance type store. And I wasn't going to do that or take a credit card out. She searched for scam podcasts to learn more. And that's how she found scammer stories. The more I started listening to your podcast, the more I was like, this is the same thing. Different outfit, different day, basically. There was the gal who was the private investigator. I listened to her and she mentioned the puppy scam on there. Just like victims of other scams, the experience hurt her. I felt pretty damn low. Like, I really felt very taken advantage of. You know, I was mad. I was sad. I was angry. I was disgusted. I just was like, I can't believe this is happening. But, you know, as some of your other people you've had on the show say, it's like, if there's a way that you can take this experience and turn it into something that's therapeutic or going to provide you with a level of closure, do that. 
And so that's really what happened. I mean, I got hyper-focused on the situation. I started looking into this Mercedes Warwick situation. I was like, who is this person? And I was looking at the Venmo account and I was looking at the comments on this Mercedes Warwick and I was like, hmm, looks like I'm not the only one. So I started seeing things that said like for Layla. And I know Layla was one of the dogs on the, the scam. So I was like, that lady got scammed. I found another one that said for shipping harmony. I was like, oh, she got really scammed. Um, And the thing that's really weird about Venmo is like, you can't just like message someone. You have to ask them for money (laughs) to to message them. And so this is going to be really awkward. So I started messaging these people requesting just a dollar. And I was like, upfront, I'm not asking for money. I was scammed by this person. If you're interested in trying to figure this out, here's my email, let me know. And lo and behold, I actually got two people who were scammed and I've been in touch with them. One of the individuals mentioned that his situation was due to an ammunition store scam. So how about that? Puppies and ammunition. So I know for him, I want to say he, I think it was 490 that he was scammed. And then there was another individual who had contacted me and he was scammed 420. He didn't tell me his story though. So I don't know if it was a puppy or ammunition. So the other guy I had gotten more information from. Now that person lives in Tennessee. And so I guess his wife started looking her up, this Mercedes Warwick, and went on her Facebook. And then I guess like got into it on Facebook because, you know, was messaging her like, you know, you're a scam artist. You need to pay my husband. You know, I decided to be a little bit more incognito and be like low pro and just observe and watch and research. And also like anything I put out there, I was not in antagonistic or mean or like, you know, you sicko or any of that, because I didn't think I would get anywhere with that behavior. And I just said, you know, look, you're going to get in trouble for this. This is a federally prosecutable crime because it's a wire transfer between state lines. Like you could get in a lot of trouble. Please give me my money back. Do the right thing. If I ever have to testify against you, I will say that you did the right thing. But of course, never got any response back. So I looked at her Facebook and I started realizing that this person has like four or five different Facebook accounts. And I was like, this is interesting. So I'm doing a lot of looking and checking and seeing what what she's posting. What I realized was that like, I'm pretty sure this person's legit. Pretty sure she's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Pretty sure that, you know, she's a young girl and she's going through some stuff. And the more I started researching her name, I just kept digging down the list and I came across her grandfather's obituary from last summer. And I also came across her mother's obituary from 2013. This was only the beginning of the investigation. She was actually able to get somewhere on Facebook. So I'm putting pieces together and I'm beginning to see that this young lady is vulnerable herself. She's lost her mother. She's lost her grandfather because she's named in these obits. And I was able to then see that the comments on the obit for the mother, and there was a bunch of ones that said like, Mary, we're so sorry for your loss of your sister. 
And then I started realizing I should look up this Mary person. So I found her aunt, Mary, who lo and behold is an attorney in Tennessee. So I was like, Okay, here we go. And again, I'm just going to go at this with love. I did leave a message on the voicemail for the attorney office, and then I didn't hear anything back. I called the next day, got a hold of the paralegal. And the paralegal was like, oh, yes, yes, I know her. Mercedes is, you know, Mary's niece. What's going on? And she was so lovely and listened to my whole story. And I'm like, you probably think I'm crazy, but I'm like, this is what I'm putting together so far with everything I've researched, but I think she's in trouble. And then on the other side, I'm looking at some of the stuff that this lady's posting on her Facebook account, this young lady, Mercedes, and she's posting all this weird stuff like hashtag claim it. And if you click on these people's links that you, you see the hashtag claim it, it goes to like these other countries. Like there's a Jamaican guy who's like, you know, if you hashtag claim it, you're going to get money. And there's pictures with him with stacks of money. And I'm like, oh my God, like she must be somehow involved with these people in these other countries. Somehow she's either funneling the money through or whatever. I don't really know, but somehow she's involved. So I send the aunt all the information, the screenshots, the websites, everything. A couple days go by and the aunt replies, I think this would be better information for her attorney to look at and gives me his name. At this point, I'm going to just not say his name because I'm kind of in the middle of maybe getting my money back, maybe. But he called me and he was willing to talk with me. And it was such an interesting call, April, because he was like, it's so dicey for me even to be talking about this because if your district attorney wants to do something like this could be completely out of my hands and blah, blah, blah. And you know, and I was like, look, this girl has a police case in Tennessee because of the ammunition store scam, because that guy did open a case out there and you have the case number. He stopped me as I started to say about my thoughts behind the people who are funneling, you know, money, the Earl and the Jordan guy. He didn't want to believe that aspect of it. But basically what he told me was, as far as my research is concerned, I'm pretty spot on. This girl is 22 years old. She had been basically looked after her grandparents since the mother died and that that person's passed away now. You know, so basically he's like, I can give you your money back once the estate is settled. I think that's going to happen in a month or so. But other than that, I don't really know what else I can do for you. And I said, well, I what I would really like to see happen is her get therapy because obviously she's in a vulnerable position, you know, and, and his story was basically like, Earl is not Earl. Earl has a different name. Jordan is Jordan. And he is a friend of hers and lives somewhere here in Tennessee. She's been living in this like frat house type of situation, apartment complex. We're looking to move her for her safety. And I wanted him to get Earl's real name for me in exchange for whatever he wanted me to sign and to get my money back. But he was like, yeah, I don't know if that's something I want to do. Do you think the attorney could be a scammer? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I feel like because I did diligence, I looked up the aunt, you know, she is an attorney. 
I looked up her information online. Like I, I even was able to go back and find like she, this lady's got like court cases that have been detailed in, in local newspapers. That'd be a pretty big thing to go back and create a scam on her going back for the parent. What it became for me was the justice was for her. I know that sounds really weird and maybe a little like trauma bonding, I think, <laughs> like in a way, like, you know, Stockholm syndrome. I'm an empathetic type of person. Like, you know, I said, I'm going to become a therapist. Obviously, the, the short corgi legs got me and I needed that dog. But I felt for this girl. I mean, here I am. I'm a 42-year-old woman and my mom is alive and I'm so grateful. I know, April, you know, I've heard about your mom a lot on the podcast. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, I did the math and she was probably 15 when her mom passed. You know, for this girl, it sounds like she didn't, at least what the attorney told me is she didn't even know. I guess this guy Earl asked her to borrow her Venmo account and she said, okay, go for it. And um, I know there was a lot of transactions that were on there basically that she didn't even get any money for. At least that's what the attorney claims. Now, I don't know if that's true. You know, one positive thing about your experience, though, is because you're becoming a therapist, this gives you a different aspect of how it works to be on that side of the scam. If someone comes to you who's been scammed. A hundred percent. Because I, I I hear you loud. There's not enough therapists out there who know about this, who understand the signs. And the bottom line is, and that's why I started the story with, is that I was vulnerable. And for anybody listening, think about those vulnerabilities. If your mind is so distracted, right, and your heart is hurting, you know, and we have, what I've been telling people is we have been in a collective trauma with the pandemic. Everybody's been impacted. Mark this down for me as a scam that I maybe would have fallen for in the past, but not now. Here's maybe the scariest part. Julia says, when you Google Corgi, it's the first ad that pops up in Google. Wow. If you have a story you'd like to share or have any questions for me, it's April. Send me an email at scammerstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Scammer Warriors. Scammer Warriors.